and thanks for watching or listening to the latest episode of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. Whether you're watching on YouTube or you've downloaded and had a listen on iTunes and Spotify, or Spotify, a nice review will be great. I'm Steve Lillis and with me, my usual co-pilot, John Evans. You okay there, John? John's miles away there. Yeah, John's good, okay. Yeah, we're just cramming these in in between the... Uh... Cramming these in out in between the Euro 2020. Yeah, well, that's why we I guess isn't going to stay, mate, if we're not done within that 20 minutes. <laughs> it will be it will be three minutes every round. Uh, special guest, um, a man out of everyone I know in boxing. Um, he must have been the biggest football nut. He talks about that more on Twitter and social media than boxing. He's boxed, he's managed, promoted, now doing big things as a trainer, mainly. And I think he manages one or two fighters. It's Dave Coldwell. Dave, thanks for joining us and getting you away from Croatia. Just dragging you away from Croatia, Spain, in between the, um, the next game between France and Switzerland on this Monday night. Thanks for joining uh, it's us. Good, good to be on, mate. It's good to be on. And, uh, and thanks for fitting me in, in in the little time slot that I've got. <laughs> yeah, right. I tell you what, I won't even ask you any questions about, uh, you know, uh, well, I'll ask you one question. Is there a better singer in the gym than Larone Richards? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? He's shocked us. He can Serious? sing. He's all right, isn't he? Yeah, he's all right. <laughs> I know he can fight as well. He's a very good boxer. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, I think I think he's a little bit better at boxing than he is singing. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, he's good, very good at both. Um, hey, Dave, you remember when uh, Roy Jones used to wrap himself into the ring? Are we going to yeah. see El Leron? Yeah, as long as it's not on cross buns. I mean, he needs to mix it up a little bit. I can't see him coming out of that. <laughs> well, all right then well you, you've been on before I think you was on earlier this year or early in the year Dave um, six topics you've picked out a couple of, of, of the six uh, three minutes discussion each round John have you got your bell ready got my bell ready uh, round, timer one, ready. round one is over to you John and uh, guys not getting attention yeah it's not really a complaint it's just more to give Jay Harris a bit of a shout you know um there was a couple of the sports biggie stars fighting, weren't there, this weekend with uh, Javante and Lomachenko in big sold-out arenas, big meaningful fights. And then um, we had the type of fight which reminds me just how tough this sport is, where you had Jay Harris fighting an unknown, unheralded guy from the West Coast of America who's been bought up in them gyms. And it was a, a real hard, high-quality, meaningful world title final eliminator. Jay came up just short, but... I thought it was a, a tremendous fight. Um, Jay gave his all, fighting another world-class flyweight. You know, he's he's been unfortunate to go up against a couple of these guys now. And I, I just think it's a reminder that while people are selling, fighting in front of sold-out arenas and pay-per-view events and everything, there's also fat guys making the hardest living you can imagine in small halls and, and not really getting the attention. So I just thought I'd give Jay Harris a shout and say what a, what a good fight it was and, and well done. I think I think you're right there. I mean, the problem that we've got in sport, in, in, all, in all sports, but especially in boxing for us, is that there are so many gems and so many really good fighters and some cracking fights that are going off away from the big screens. Now, that's always going to happen because, obviously, all eyes are going to be on the big names. You, you know, a, lo a lot of fighters start off at a lower level and then find a way to keep grinding away on undercards and then get to the big fights. And then rightly so, the big profiles with a big promoter on a big TV network. And obviously people are going to, in the mainstream, are going to be aware of them and going to watch them. But the problem is these guys, you know, that are away from the big shows, 
they're putting just as much in, yeah. but they're getting not as much out. You know, they're, they're not on the big wages. They're not on, like you say, you know, not, they've not got the big endorsements because they haven't got the eyes on them. And it's, it just shows you, like you say, just how hard this sport is. It really, really is. There's, there's like a 1% that are making the, the big money, 1% that are making the, you know, getting all the eyes on them. And then everybody else is grinding away and just, you know, dreaming and hoping and working towards that. Yeah, I mean, you know what you think there, that, that 1%, you think, you know, what, what I always saw when I speak to fighters is, um, but I lose Jay Harris as a prime example. He's had that fight with, was it Cesar Martinez, the WBC champion? He said yeah. that fight the other night. And I, I wouldn't mind betting he's not come away with 60 grand maybe for the two fights because of the money there is at flyweights. And yeah. what always fascinates me is that people believe that fighters are earning fortunes because he's had a world title fight and a big final yeah. eliminator. There's that people think that um, Jay's made for <laughs> life. And, you know, he'll yeah. be back at work if he's worked in a couple of weeks, I guess, because he just hasn't got enough. And, you know, that, that, that goes on what you say, about that one might... Right, I tell you, uh, round two, right or wrong, um, and this is one I really, really wanted to bring Dave on here. Um, been a fair bit of debate about Floyd Maver in between the round, going up to the apron and giving orders to Javonta Davis the the other night. You know, show them how great you are. You're behind on the cars, whatever he was saying to you. I know it was show show him you're great. Uh, I just wonder if he's right or wrong. I'm, you know, I, look, I don't train so or boxers. So that's why I wanted Dave's opinion be more, more valid than mine. Um, I, I think, you know, it's wrong to see these guys to go up the apron because it's just totally disrespecting the trainer who spent that eight weeks with them. You know, obviously, you know, you can encouragement during rounds, but I, I just didn't find that a good thing. And the trainer sort of looked out the ring a bit, didn't know whether what, what to do when that happened. I just wondered what your opinion on these sort of situations are, Dave, more than, more than anything. I see where you're coming from, and 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 on straight away at first glance, you think, yeah, that's right. But you know, d- we don't know what goes off behind closed doors in that gym. We don't know whether Mayweather does have hands-on uh, work with Javante Davis. I know he advises him and manages him or uh, promotes him, or whatever. I have seen him on the pads with him a couple of times, but we don't know whether he works with his coach and advisors on a day-to-day basis. If that's the case, then he's just another part of the team, right. training team, but 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 not in the corner. And, and also, that's probably why perhaps it explains that the coach, who's well-established well out in the States, just looks over and just lets him, right. you know, speak. And also, you've got to look at is, is Davis, he's looking at him for that guidance, at him for that, for that advice. So maybe there's more to it than what we think. If he isn't part of the training team, then yeah. But, but also, at that point, that's when the coach has got to say, focus on what I'm telling you. Because... That's he's the one that's that's in charge. He's the one that trains with him. We've got the game plan, and everything. But also, you've also got to look at it. it's Mayweather. So maybe he has that clout, that has that pull, and it's you know it's 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 like when when as mums and dads and as fans and everybody are shouting for us and you know and, and shouting advice at ringside. You know, I'm guilty myself. I'm sat at ringside. I'm shouting for me. You know, I don't expect him to stop and look and listen to me. But you kind of you do anyway. Do you know what I mean? But. Um, yeah, I, I can see both sides from that. What do you I, think, I, I just hope it's not a case of Floyd parachuting himself in on the night. Because there was a, I know there was a bit of, I don't know if it was arguments or complications about um, Floyd wanting Javante to move from Baltimore out to Vegas, wasn't there? And Floyd yeah. wanted him in that gym. Javante wanted to be back in Baltimore. So I, I, I just hope that Floyd right. is involved. 
because he's a real talent. And I just hope it's not a case of Floyd parachuting himself in to get attention on the night. Yeah, he, yeah. He, so you see, that's the possibility there. Dave, your first topic. You want to talk about um, prospects not getting enough credit? Yeah, it's not so much not getting enough credit. It's it's what what sometimes it irritates me, but sometimes it's just a case of like, where does this come from? It seems though when a prospect's coming through, um, even when the, even it's domestic level, you know, they win a British title or a European title or whatever. If they're not knocking people out, you always get this. Yeah, but when he steps up to world level, he's going to get found out. As though, in order for you to become a world-class fighter, you need to be knocking people out. Boxing's littered with prospects that again, then go on to become champions that aren't big punchers, that aren't winning every fight by KO, that are winning on boxing skills, hitting and not getting hit, and outboxing opponents. And some fighters even have tear-ups, even though they're not big knockout merchants, but yeah. still win those fights at world level. So it, sometimes it just hurts me a little bit where... Where you know you get with commentators um, and, and fans, you know, just people in general, they seem to think and just be quickly to write off a fighter, no matter how he's performing. He may put on a clinic, but yeah, but when he steps up, yeah, but when he steps up, and that just irritates me a little bit sometimes. No, I think you got a good point. I mean, you imagine someone like Sonny Edwards. Exactly. You know exactly. You've got Sonny Edwards. You've got Floyd Mayweather. You've, there's a. This is what I'm saying. There's a lot of fighters that become world champions, that are one-punch knockout, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, and even when you go go back in his world title fights, he did what he had to do to win your your um, all-time idol, Johnny Nelson. But, but yeah. hey, but I tell you what, Johnny could punch when he wanted to punch. Trust me, I saw yeah. him knock out Lou Jen at your call one night, and it was absolutely, it was savage. Um, it really, you see, I, I see it as though that, that, as, that, that as long as you hit hard enough to get respect off him, then you can you can win the fights. It's not a problem. But you can also break their heart like Sonny Edwards can do with, you know, his feet move and stuff like that. You yeah. know, you've got guys that break your heart. You think you're in range, you know, and that, that you know, like you're against Sonny Edwards and he's that little half inch out of range because he knows he because he's read you as well. Yeah, there's guys who are clearly pure boxers like Sonny who don't need that knockout punch. You know, that, that's their style, isn't it? They're going to try yeah. and outbox Maybe it gets levelled at guys who are, are getting it done on work rate, you know. Um, but I get it. I get it on one of my fighters, Jordan Gill. People, yeah, every yeah. time he boxes, you know, every time he boxes and he, he boxed Bellotti, who's a big puncher, outboxing completely, put on a clinic. Boxer Cesar Suarez, who's a proven puncher at world level, completely clinic, you know, boxed him. And, and every time he boxes, it's, oh, he doesn't hit enough. He doesn't hit hard enough. Laurent Richard puts on a great yeah, boxing Laurent was doesn't hit well. hard enough. Yeah, you know I mean? It's like, well, you keep winning. You know, you, if you keep winning... You, and you, and... You're right. Right, uh, TV channels and all these different subscription networks. You know, Javante's fight at weekend was brilliant, wasn't it? But yeah. no sooner did he got out of the ring and you start thinking, oh, he could fight... Imagine a fight with Loma. Imagine a fight with Lopez. Yeah. Imagine... The event Ryan Garcia would be. Floyd comes along with a big pin and just bursts it by saying he's never going to fight anybody outside of our stable. And I just wonder now, with so many people looking for subscription fees, so many people looking for pay-per-view money, and boxing's a business, let's not forget that, is it going to become more and more difficult to have these cross-divide fights? You know, in, in, in America in the past, it used to be HBO and Showtime, yeah, didn't well. it? And eventually they used to get together. But now it's 
HBO, um, Top Rank, DAZN, ESPN, they've all got their own little stables. They all want to build their own stars. They don't speak about the other fighters on the other networks. And are these unification fights and best of the best fights going to get even more difficult to make? And are we going to see even less of them? Yeah, I think, you know what? I think so many of these, you know, hopefully not because as you say, when you said you were coming on this topic, I wrote down Showtime HBO, particularly with Lewis fights in the 90s. I remember when Lewis fought Tucker in the early 90s. It, because of the HBO Showtime rivalry, it went for something like 12 or $13 million. Imagine what that was in the early 90s. Um, I, I think you all, these fights, I think with these all, with, with the promoters now, they've, that UFC model is in the mind of a lot of them, I think. That will, it's almost like the PBC when they first started out, it was, you know, that they had made no qualms about it. They had this plan, their own belt. And I think, you know, and, and that UFC model, I can see a lot copying it. I think Eddie's looking that way with the zone, and certainly PBC are looking that way. I just think that that's a model they're following, and hopefully that hoping they can attract the fighters. What's your opinion, Dave? Uh, listen, I think it's on the fighters. If a fighter wants to be great, and somebody's somebody's seen as the best man in that division uh, across promotion, he's got to tell his promoter he wants that fight making. What fighters have got to remember is the promoters work for them. So if a fighter's just chasing the money, they can have them defence against their own stable. I'm disappointed in Floyd and, and, and Davis because they've got an opportunity there to get in that, that £135 mix. You've yeah. got Josh Taylor who's at top rank, who's the undisputed champion there. If you want to be the best man at 140, you've got to fight Josh Taylor. If you want to be the best man at 135, you've got to fight either Garcia, Heine, uh, Lomachenko. You've, you've got to go through all that process. You can't turn around and tell you you're great if you're avoiding them fighters to stay in your own stable. You can't do that. Do you think this um, UFC right. model is, is the way a lot of them see it now? A lot of promoters see it now, Dave? Yeah, because I've seen how UFC's taken off. Yeah. You know, but UFC model. <laughs> you can finish off on that one in a little bit if we've got time. Uh, round okay. five, uh, as Deontay Scott it? Well, um, Deontay Wilder now trained by <laughs> Malik Scott. Um, I do think Tyson Fury beats him again. Um, uh, I just think. You know, people are, you know, all I'm seeing about around Deontay is negativity about Malik Scott, what Malik Scott could do as a fight, did as a fighter. And, you know, people just, just reading negativity about him. And, and Deontay in particular, like he went to the press conference with Tyson Fury last week. Um, people were made, commenting on him as if he's, you know, the, the Fed had, had issues, you know, had lost his marbles. That was just the way he was on the night, you know. St- um, Steve Collins did that against Chris Eubank with um, whatever he had in his earphone that night, and was probably music, and, and he was lauding. And I just find a lot of the stuff being said about their partnership and the way Wilder was at the press conference pretty cruel. I think, I, personally, I, I, I think... I, I want... Go on, Dave. Go on. No, go on, Dave. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, personally... Wilder's brought a lot of negativity on himself by all the excuses made, first of all. So That's people right. are going to pot shot him. Whatever he says, they're going to shoot because he's made that many excuses. But let me just say about Malik Scott. He may not have been the greatest fighter in the world, but the man knows boxing, yeah. right? He's, he's got a very, very good IQ when it comes down to boxing and in the ways of hitting and not getting hit and, and in the old school sort of methods a little bit as well. Now, Deontay Wilder, I've seen little clips of him on the pads. I know pads as pads, anyone can look great on pads. But I look at his feet, I'm looking at his left hand work, I'm looking at his, his movement. It looks sharp, it looks better. 
It's not just one dimension looking for that one right hand. So if he's improved and if he can find a if he can find a range for that right hand, he can knock anybody out. I don't care who it is. If he gets that right hand off and gets yeah. into position to round that right hand, he can clean Tyson Fury out. I'm not saying he's going to, but he can do. When it comes down to the earphones, if a man has already proven it can get into your head, why not stick some earphones on and not listen to him and not give him any chance of getting injured again? Because Fury's done that with Vladimir Klitschko, who's cool as a cucumber and cool as anyone can be, got into his head and rattled him and put doubts into his head before the first bell went. And then you're looking at how, how he did with Wilder. You see how negative, how, how um, hesitant Wilder was in order to let his bombs go. And so it allowed Fury to have that little bit of time to do what he wanted to do and then get into his rhythm and get into his pattern. So if he can do anything to stop from Fury from getting to his head, why not? Yeah, I, I, I just wonder if part of it was Fury thrives on um, arguments and energy and that, that yeah. fire Fury right away from his training camp. I just wonder if Malik told him, don't give him anything to get his teeth into. Just let him get, leave him wondering rather than getting involved in another um, head-to-head -head and giving Tyson something to really think about through training. Final round before Dave gets off for the football. Vasil Lomachenko. Yeah, I, do you know what? Loma's back. And for me, I was excited to see him back. And I want him to see, I want him to put on a statement because it's, it's really irritated me. I mean, we, me and the lads in the gym, we talk about this. Lomachenko, look at his career. When I'm talking about fighters and taking control and saying, I want this, I want that and trying to prove how great they are. Look at his resume. Look at what he's done. Look at the fight with Gary Russell, you know, and, and Gary Russell's a top, top level fighter. You look at his, his resume. He's got a fantastic resume. But then he loses that fight against Lopez. And it wasn't a wide fight. Forget about the scores. It was a close fight. You know, he clawed it back, but he gave him too much of an head start. Now you can say that was part of it because of uh, his shoulder. But also, you can also say if he possibly felt Lopez's power. And Lopez is a very good fighter, very much bigger. But... One loss, everybody starts kicking him out of all equation when it's talking about those who's, who's best at 135. I'm like, okay, not one loss. He's had two, but I'm talking about in the, the, that top level. He's, he lost the one fight against Lopez, and all of a sudden from being right there, people were dismissing him. So I was excited to see him put on a, on a display. He chased the man for a rematch. He wouldn't have it. So he's chased the man that made him, made him struggle in a fight and put on an absolute brilliant display. Now he's back. Now I want to see people give him the respect that is due, and I want to see that rematch. And I, I firmly believe that in a rematch, I'm going with Lomachenko. You've got, to, you've got to think. Lomachenko came up fighting so many amateur fights where he's fought the same guy three, four, five, six times. In fact, the only guy who beat him as an amateur, he beat him, was it three times? In, yeah. In reverse? Yeah. You've got to think that he's got that computer and he's had to work out exactly what he did wrong and put it right in a rematch. I, I was just hoping we'd see the old Lomachenko. You know, he's been out for a while. He had that shoulder injury. He wasn't himself against yeah. Lopez. And thank God we saw the old Lomachenko against Nakatani. And I'm with you, Dave. I, I can't wait for the rematch. Yeah. Well, the rematch, they're talking about it New York in December. And it's just, it's almost one of those you just want to be at. But you know yeah, what, definitely. What, what I love about, and I meant touched on this last week, what I love about Lomachenko so much, Dave, since 2008, he has been boxing continuously, 13 years at the very, very highest level from that first yeah. Olympic gold. You know, there's been no going professional where 
you know, you need an 18 months growing into it. Yeah. He was straight in there to be fighting 13 years at the highest level because he only fought in brilliant amateur competitions. He, yeah. Um, I, I just find that quite stunning. And to me, um, you know, if he's if he if he's not a, 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 in the Hall of Fame first time, there's something criminal about it, and I'm sure he will be. There we go. We're done. Well, Dave, we usually have a chat afterwards. Everyone's <laughs> rushing off for uh, Switzerland, France. <laughs> you threatened to walk out. Uh, what we'll do, Dave? Can we get you back on in a few months when there's no football on one night? Yeah, yeah, of course, mate. No problem. You no get problem. back to your I'll son, Theo, who's a bit of a footballer. I know. I mean, I don't. Is he is he any is he going to go professional? Is he be a pro one day? Or Mate, he's, he's, he's he's ten years old, but his dream is to be a footballer. He wants to be at the twenty twenty eight Euros. He's seen he's seen Bellingham uh, making his debut at Euros at seventeen years old. He wants to he wants to be there in in, in uh, twenty twenty eight. That's his that he'll be seventeen then. That's that's what he wants to do. So uh, he set his target and he works hard. So why not? Why, why not? While he's, set, while he's why working. Why shouldn't hard. he set his target either? If you don't have targets, what's the point at a young exactly. age? But, exactly. Oh, I tell you what, Dave. There was, there, was, there was that much space in that Spain game. Then I've seen a little bit. <laughs> he, he'd have picked a few passes there, wouldn't he? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I've watched them videos as well. He he, he cracks them from distance as well, doesn't he? It does. It does. But you see, do you know what it is? It's his brain. He's got such a good brain when it comes to football, and he's got such an amazing attitude. So whether he whether he is football or whatever else he does in life, he's got the right attitude to do well. You know what I mean? He's great at schoolwork. He's great at you know with his football. So. You know, he's, he's so far he's ticking all the boxes. He's just got to keep it going. And he's a long way to go yet. So we'll see. We'll see. And your daughter, before you go, your daughter's still DJing. Yeah, she well, she produces and writes, and she's, oh, she's got an e, she's got she's got an EP coming out. She's at the studio. She's at, and she mate, she puts she's put together some bangers. There's about eight tracks she's done are absolute willies, and I can't believe it's her that's done them. She's she's that good. So. Um, yeah, she's got an EP that she's she's going to be putting out soon. We're just sorting out um, a publisher, so uh, so it's uh, it's exciting. She's she's very talented at that. But DJing, she just seems to she's self-taught with that, and she just seems to be very very good at it. So yeah, she's doing Brilliant. well. Well, Dave, well, all the best to your family. It's great to see you. Thanks two a lot. Kids are, well, not, well, your daughter's Cheers. not a kid anymore. Your young know, son and your, your teenage daughter, your late teens. I think she's approached. She's 15, yeah. 16, 17. She's yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant, Dave. And uh, John, thanks for joining us as well as usual. And I'll speak to you in the week. And I'll think of that question, that, uh, another answer, I think. But I'll jump for that third question I've got to do. <laughs> brilliant. Thanks, thanks a lot, Steve. fellas. Thanks, Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.